Awesome. Thanks so much, Judy. It's good to see everybody today. And um, yeah, to be able to just be together for this um, yeah, special morning with, um, yeah, really welcoming families along. And it'd be great to hang out and have a barbecue later. Feel for the people sitting outside the barbecue's cooking already. So I guess to sit through it and smell it for the next half hour or so and wait. So we're going to be pretty hungry by the end of it. Um, but yeah, we're going to look at this, um, this next couple of parables of Jesus. This is what we've been tracking through um, in Matthew chapter 13. And we've kind of already heard this parable today in puppet form, which is good. Um, and I think they did a pretty good job at um, teaching it already. So we're going to kind of hear it from a couple of different angles today. This parable of the, the seed and the tree and then the, the yeast in the dough as well. Um, so I might just pray briefly and then, um, yeah, let's have a look at the scripture together. Just thank you, Lord, for your word. Um, thank you, Jesus, for your parables and your wisdom and how you taught. Uh, that's still relevant to us today. Thank you for your presence and your spirit and how you touch us powerfully with your word. And just ask that you'd speak to us together today, speak to us individually, and just renew our minds according to your kingdom work in the world, Jesus. Just pray this in your name. Amen. Okay, I might just read this again, and it's pretty simple in some ways today. In, in some ways, Jesus, these parables have been puzzling stories, and, and there still is kind of like that with these today, but at the same time, these ones are a little bit more straightforward than the last couple of weeks, which is pretty good. They're pretty clear what they mean. Um, so if you want to know what the kingdom of heaven is like, imagine Jesus, he's got all these crowds, everyone's listening to him teach, and he says this, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. It's like a mustard seed, which someone took and planted in his field. Though it's the smallest of all seeds, when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. That's what the kingdom of heaven's like. That's it. Jesus just tells that story, right? He doesn't explain it. He'll just go on to the next story. But these ones are a little bit simpler. Like, it, it seems pretty clear what he's saying, right? Like, something very small, like a seed, something very easy to miss, something that looks insignificant, that looks weak, that's kind of not that impressive, can over time grow and become incredibly large and powerful. Just because it's small now doesn't mean that it can't be big in the future. And this is what Jesus is speaking about the kingdom. That is what the kingdom is like. The kingdom of God grows big, but it starts small and easy to miss. As we've been looking at these parables, we've been talking about how they, Jesus is really speaking about what's happening around him. Because around him at the time, people are kind of confused about who he is. And people are expecting that if he is the Messiah, if he's the Savior of the world, if this is really God's rescue plan for the world, it should be a bit bigger than this, right? Like, like there should be more people following Jesus, and Jesus should look a bit more powerful, and he should be confronting Rome, and he should be doing bigger things. But what is happening is that Jesus is not doing that. He's doing lots of little things that are still powerful, right? He's still healing people, but he's healing people that aren't very important and aren't very influential. Like, if he was smarter, he would, like, heal the leader of the country, right? And then that would shift everything, like, just go straight for the top. But, but Jesus, no, he's healing people. And then he's even telling them, just don't, don't tell anybody about that. Like, like, keep that quiet. Like, he's not doing things that you would think. So people are expected to think, uh, are starting to think, well, is this really God working through Jesus? Is, is this really God's kingdom coming? And Jesus says, yes, 
it just starts like a seed. It starts small. It looks insignificant. It looks weak. It's easy to miss, but over time, it will grow big and large. And this is true all through the Bible, right? Like, all through the Bible, God loves to use people who are small and insignificant. God loves to work in ways that are small and insignificant. He uses David, who in the story of David, when, when the prophet Samuel was coming to look at um, David's brothers, David wasn't even considered. He was, not even, he was like pushed to the side because no one would ever consider him. But he was the one God wanted. Um, there's the story of Gideon, which he is this weak, fearful person, and God wants to use him and a small army. God, again and again, wants to use apparently weak, small, insignificant people. It's, it's like a real overlap in some ways with Aussies, right? There's something in Aussies that love the underdog and love the unconventional. And in many ways, God is like that, right? He picks the people that no one else would pick. He backs the underdog. And in many ways, Jesus is doing things that, for the most part, look small and insignificant. He's meant to be this, this savior, this person who's going to free Israel but instead of like getting an army together, instead of getting a political campaign together or a marketing campaign together, he's just having meals with people. He's, he's going around to people's houses for dinner. And he's inviting tax collectors who are like traitors to the country to follow him. And he's, he's, he chooses fishermen to be his main disciples. Like he's picking people that are not that powerful or influential. And it's kind of easy, right, for us to go to look back and read these stories, and it's easy for us to give the crowds a hard time, and it's easy to give people a hard time, like, Jesus was right there, and you, you didn't see him, and you didn't believe him, but, but what would it be like, right, if we were there, I wonder? Like, maybe we give them a hard time, but if we were there, and we were waiting for God to come and rescue the world, and then we just see this guy who looks pretty humble, walking around with some fishermen... Maybe some people are getting healed, but then he's just going and eating some meals, and, and then lots of people aren't even really sure of him, and even his cousin has some doubts about him. Like, we might be kind of like, yeah, is this really God at work? Like, like, we might just sort of miss it as well. And it's interesting, right, because this sort of parable is a fact of life in some ways, right? Like, trees do grow from seeds. Like, a small thing leads to a big thing, and that's true in lots of things in life. Everything starts small in some ways, right? Like, every big Revolution starts with a small idea or starts with one person. That's like a truth of life. But perhaps Jesus' point, right, is not just that the kingdom starts small, but it starts like really small, like, like smaller than you think, right? Like if, if Jesus was a revolutionary movement, that would have to start small. But, but people are thinking, well, really, like this small, this insignificant? And Jesus' answer in this parable is yes, the kingdom starts small, but it is the kingdom. And it is growing, and God is at work in Jesus. Now, this is a challenging parable, I think, and I, I find it personally challenging because I suppose one of the ways that I approach life is that I like things that are big and things that are fast, <laughs> things that are done quickly and influential. It's called efficiency. Right? I like to be able to do something that's going to be the least amount of work and have the most amount of impact in the least amount of time. Right? That's, that's being efficient. And I don't know, that's just what I picked up, I suppose, growing up. And I think it's probably why I'm not into gardening. Right? <laughs> because uh, if I think about planting a seed and waiting years and years for a tree to grow, just, that just sounds like a long time. Right? That is not very efficient. But obviously, it works. 
And I think in this um, parable, and in a lot of these parables that Jesus is telling, which are about farming and gardening and patience, in many ways, efficiency is not that high value for God. God doesn't pick people because they're efficient. Or his, the, the, the ways that he uses are not often fast. Often they're slow because he is patient. Uh, the kingdom is not in a hurry. Right. The kingdom that Jesus starts starts like this small seed and it will grow, but it's not going to be quick. It's going to be over time. So it will grow big, but it's going to start small. And I think this is a challenge because, like I said, for me and perhaps for others, we like things that are big and quick and efficient and impactful, that they seem significant and they seem good. But if that's our focus, and if it's true that the kingdom often starts small and God works in small ways, then if we're only focused on the big, we may actually miss what God is doing in the world. We may actually discount the small and think, well, it's just a small little thing. That's not really God. It has to be big to be God, right? Like, well, that's just a small kind of answer to prayer. I don't know if that was really God or not. It has to be a really big testimony to be God. But what if it's actually the opposite? That actually, if we're just focused on the big, we might actually miss the way that God is at work in the world. Thinking about this, I think this is true even how God speaks. Often, we think if God's going to speak to us, it needs to be big, and it needs to be clear, and it needs to be, he needs to, I need to be able to really hear him. And, and sometimes God does speak to people in really obvious, big, clear ways. But it seems like through Scripture and in many people's experience, the more common way that God speaks is in small, insignificant, easily missed ways. That if we're not actually listening, if we're not attentive, you could easily miss it and brush over it. And we think, oh, well, that's, that's, that's nothing. But actually, maybe it's God's voice that if we are attentive to, we could see. So I suppose the challenge from this parable is, is what are maybe seemingly small, insignificant ways that God is at work in your life or God is at work in people around you that actually, if he's at work, they're not insignificant, right? A seed appears insignificant, but it has all the potential of a tree in it. It just needs time. And in a similar way, God may be working in ways that are small, but it's still his work, so it's still powerful. So that's the first parable that Jesus tells. And then he goes on another story just about everyday life. This one goes to the kitchen. And he says this, he told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Again, if you wanted to know what the kingdom of heaven is like, that's what it's like. <laughs> that's the story Jesus tells. He just stops there. And it's interesting, right? I, I used to work in a pizza shop for a while, so we'd make pizza and make dough and, and roll it out, and we would add yeast. But we had, like, dry active yeast flakes, right? So you put the little powder yeast in with the flour, and you mix it with salt and, and water and make dough. And this is not what Jesus is really talking about. He's, he's more talking about actually dough with yeast in it that's sort of left over from a previous batch that gets put aside, and then you grab that dough with yeast in it already and come and put it in the uh, current batch and mix it together. So it's not talking about flakes, but actually like a previous bit of dough. And this, the NIV translation is probably not the best on this verse. Um, the ESV puts it this way. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid 
in three measures of flour. The Greek word is actually not mixed, it's hid. Jesus' point is that the yeast is hidden. You don't see it. It's invisible, yet it pervades and transforms the dough. And again, Jesus is saying that's what the kingdom is like. The kingdom of God transforms, it will bring transformation, but it's in hidden and invisible ways. It's really interesting because most of the time in the Bible, yeast is a negative sort of symbol. But here Jesus uses it as a positive symbol. It's something that actually pervades and spreads and transforms, even though you can't see it doing that. You can see the effect as the dough rises, but you don't actually see it spread. And in many ways, this is again what's happening with Jesus. Jesus is bringing transformation to the world. I mean, we have the benefit of hindsight. We know just how much Jesus' ministry, work, life, and death has totally changed everything. And we're even here today because of it. But for the most part, when he was going about his ministry, people didn't know what he was doing. And what he was doing, the work of transformation he was doing, was actually hidden. People didn't know truly who he was. And when people sort of got a clue as to who he was, he told them, don't tell anybody. Keep it a secret. <laughs> right? He was doing a secret, hidden work of transformation. And again, I think for the most part, the crowds people, what they wanted was an obvious, visible, powerful work of transformation, that we could clearly see that this is God, and this is His plan, and this is the timeline, and this is how it's going to work. That's what they were expecting and looking for, a, a publicity campaign or a revolution. But there was transformation, and in some ways, uh, Jesus brought a revolution, but it was hidden, and it was secret. And Jesus says that's what the kingdom is like. I think this means a couple of things for us, one thing that I think that these parables are really encouraging. I think that they challenge our mindset to shift, but I think it's a really encouraging mindset shift. And one is that we don't actually need to see the kingdom at work for it to be at work. If it's hidden, if God's work of transformation is hidden, we don't have to see it to know that it's happening. We're called to faith. We're called to trust that God is at work in the world, even when it looks like He's not, that He is, and He's working for good, and He's working to bring transformation. And we can trust Him that He's working through us, He's working in our families, He's working in our workplaces, in our church. We can trust that even when we can't see it. And at times we will see it, right? At times you'll see the dough rising and the impact of the yeast. But at times, maybe it's spreading, but we actually can't see the transformation that's happened yet. It's really interesting. I was thinking about this this week and went to a, a seminar a little while ago from Open Doors, and they were talking about some truths that the persecuted church teach. And one of them was pretty intense. They said one of the sayings that, that this guy had heard from church in persecuted countries, they said, if you need to see fruit, you're faithless. Which is a pretty intense thing. But effectively, they were saying, if you need to see positive results of your ministry, you don't have faith that God's going to work. And the truth was, because many of them are sowing seeds and doing ministry, but they won't live to see the fruit. So they do it in faith, trusting that God will bring transformation. They don't need to be able to see it. And in a similar way, we don't need to see. We don't know what God's doing with seeds that we're sowing and ministry that we're doing. And sometimes it can be discouraging if we can't see, but we're invited to trust that the kingdom works in hidden ways. 
I think it also means this as well, that we don't need to be seen. Sometimes we probably want to be seen for who we are as Christians, right? We're God's people bringing God's transformation work to the world, impacting the world for good, announcing Jesus is Lord. And maybe we want a spotlight on us or people to recognize us and see the work of transformation that we're doing and feel good about it. But actually, if the kingdom works in hidden ways, there's an invitation to secret hidden work of transformation. That actually just being a presence and a prayerful presence in your workplace, maybe people don't even notice but there's a hidden work of transformation that can happen that maybe we don't even see, maybe others won't even know, but the kingdom is at work in the midst of that, and that's what matters. So as we, um, and I was thinking, yeah, prayer is, is an example of that, right? Prayer, for the most part, is something that maybe we don't even see the results of our prayers. Uh, we, we need to trust God that He works when we pray for other countries, even as we've already done today, or pray for people, we may not see the impact, but we trust that God actually works through prayer as well. When we pray, often we pray alone or in secret. No one even knows that we're praying, but we can trust that the kingdom works in hidden and secret ways as we pray. So those are two parables. Then Matthew goes on, and um, this sort of section is like a bit of a concluding comment on Jesus' parables. He says this, all these things... Jesus spoke to the multitude in parables, and without a parable, he did not speak to them, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things kept secret from the foundation of the world. This is interesting. Again, in some ways, like the parables Jesus are telling are highlighting the fact that he's not fitting people's expectations because his kingdom is in secret and it's hidden and not many people are responding, but he, he's actually sowing the word of the kingdom. So he's explaining that in the parables. In some ways, the parables and the fact that Jesus is just telling these silly stories, or seemingly silly to some people's stories, kind of turns people off. But the very fact that Jesus speaks in parables is fulfilling scripture. Right? So it looks like Jesus is sort of not meeting people's expectations, but the parables say, no, this is how the kingdom comes. And even the way that Jesus is explaining that is in a fulfillment of Scripture. So what is happening in Jesus is actually not unexpected, but totally expected according to Scripture. The problem is not Jesus, but people's expectations about Jesus. And because of their expectations, they are missing Him. So we see here, Jesus reveals hidden truths through mundane stories. Again, the parables, it he just seems like he's just talking about wheat and weeds and seeds and trees. And maybe they even seem kind of like kids' stories. Like, like he's supposed to be the Messiah, the Savior, this, this king. But in these simple mundane stories about a kitchen, stuff that happens every day in a kitchen, right? Jesus is actually revealing the kingdom of God. Jesus' ministry and his followers and even his method of teaching looks weak, looks mundane, but it is God working. And again, that can be true in our lives sometimes. Sometimes prayer feels weak and mundane, but it is God listening to us and responding to us and moving, and the kingdom works through 
prayer, something that seems weak and mundane, but is actually incredibly powerful. Sometimes the scriptures and just reading scripture or sharing scripture, we kind of would love that the Bible is always amazing and wonderful. But we talked recently about how sometimes it's hard to engage and sometimes it's difficult, but it is God's word to us. Sometimes helping someone in a simple way that doesn't seem very significant. Jesus says that sometimes when you're doing that, you're doing it for me and you're actually serving me. Actually just giving a cup of water is an incredibly significant act in the kingdom. And it's kind of sad because, um, right, we read these stories and, and this generation of people who had Jesus right in front of them they had his teaching of these wisdom from hidden truths and parables and miracles, but he was right in front of them. And for the most part, people missed him. Right? God in the flesh. And for the most part, was rejected and misunderstood, and people couldn't receive him, which is sad. But the parables invite us to also check our expectations, to challenge our understanding of the kingdom, so that we don't miss the ways that God is currently at work in our lives and in the world. Because the truth is, Jesus is alive. And he's at work in the world. And as we've already talked about today, there's so many crazy things happening in the world. It's so easy at the moment to be overwhelmed by the news, to be discouraged, to maybe question, where is God? But Jesus is on the throne. He's still Lord, and he's on the throne, and he's moving history towards his ends and his goals. And in the same way, Jesus in the parables, kind of in some ways we could summarize the point of the parables is that Jesus is not at all surprised by the fact that people are misunderstanding him. Jesus is saying, this is actually what the kingdom's like. It's small and weak. And if people expect it to be big, they're going to miss it. Jesus is not at all surprised that lots of people are not responding to him. He says, actually, the kingdom is like a sower. And actually, only those who truly listen, but many of, those, many of those who won't listen, they won't receive it. He's not surprised. And in the same way, Jesus is not surprised about the state of our world at the moment. He's not um, worried. He's not thrown. He knows what's going on. And in the midst of it, he's working history toward his end to renew the whole world. So the invitation for us is not to just focus on the problems and the issues, and even the things that we see that are weak, but actually focus on what God is doing in our midst and in the world. As um, we finish, um, even if the band kind of wants to come back up, we'll pray in a sec. But as we finish, I just want to share this quote. I've shared it before, um, but it's a great quote by Henry Nouwen um, that just highlights this perspective of looking for small things, small evidence of of the kingdom at work in our lives. So he says this, People who have come to know the joy of God do not deny the darkness, but they choose not to live in it. They claim that the light that shines in the darkness can be trusted more than the darkness itself, and that a little bit of light can dispel a lot of darkness. They point each other to flashes of light here and there and remind each other that they reveal the hidden but real presence of God. They discover that there are people who heal each other's wounds, forgive each other's offenses, share their possessions, foster the spirit of community, celebrate the gifts they've given, and live in constant anticipation 
of the full manifestation of God's glory. I suppose the invitation from these parables is to look for the small ways the kingdom is at work and recognize that actually that's what we focus on. That's what we celebrate. That's what we see, that God can work in small, hidden ways, but it is God. Therefore, it's not small, and it's actually, even though it's hidden, it will bring transformation. So I'll just invite you to stand uh, with me as we respond. And I'm just going to lead us in prayer, and then we'll sing um, to conclude. Thank you so much, Jesus, for your kingdom and your teaching on your kingdom and the stories that you tell. And we just thank you that you announce the kingdom of God is present. You're at work rescuing the world. And Jesus, thank you for how you did that through your death and resurrection. And we just thank you that you're at work even in us today as we gather, um, again, something that seems small, just meeting together, but is the kingdom at work in our midst, God, as we pray as we seek you, God, even today as we eat together, as we share and listen, God, as we care for one another, we ask that we would see your kingdom, your love at work in our relationships with you and with each other. Just thank you, God, for the encouragement that you're at work, that you use the small, you're at work in the hidden, and you're at work for good in the world. So would you encourage us today, speak to us by your spirit, and renew us in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you.